Well, it's the podcast all rugby league fans have been waiting for, Dan Walsh. Their Friday footy news fix right here on NRL.com. Zach Bailey joined by the great Dan Walsh. Dan, another busy and intriguing week in rugby league. The minute there's a uh, rugby league week that's quiet, I'll... um... I don't know what I'll do to You'll be, be honest. out of a job. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that'll be it, mate. So, um, yeah, let's keep it coming. <laughs> All right, it's a tick over 3 p.m. on Friday afternoon, so we'll get started because we've got a busy agenda this afternoon. Uh, the Payne Haas Circus, I think, kicked off late on Wednesday night into Thursday morning. Apparently, he'd sign a new deal, even though he's there to the end of 2024. Then the next day, the club's saying, no, that's not the case. Dan Walsh, what is doing at Red Hill? I thought they had everything in order with the arrival of Dave Donaghy and Ben Eichen. Uh Yeah, Zach, in a, in a couple of words, there's actually not that much doing there. <laughs> it's, oh. um, there's a bit of, oh, I don't, no, no. There, there's certain things playing a part in this, but uh, yeah, it's an interesting one in terms of just how it's kind of developed and become probably a bigger story than it probably needs to be. Uh so, yeah, you mentioned the timeline in terms of, um, you know, stories going out on the Wednesday night that he had signed and, you know, was across the line. Probably a bit too, bit preemptive, which uh, in turn prompted the Broncos statement that said, yep, Payne is not, si- Payne is not signing a new deal. Uh, the reason being because there's not even a new deal to be signed at the moment. It's still in talks. But, uh, yeah, so it kind of boils down to, what started as a 10-year suggestion by his management, which is, you know, rightly, it was uh, reported as a pretty landmark one because we've only seen, you know, one 10-year deal in the game previously. Uh, Brisbane balked at that a little bit. We're now probably at about five to six years, depending on, you know, where they go from there. But the key takeaway is the club's in no rush to get this done. Payne's not in a massive rush to get this done. And he's also, he's not going anywhere. There's all parties are in agreement that Payne Haas wants to be at Brisbane. It's a matter of working out the terms that get him there. And the other element to it is that uh, he's probably just because of the nature of how quickly Payne has developed. The guy's only 21 as well. He's only played 60 games, but he's already been forecast, you know, in terms of being one of the best, he is the best front rower in the game. And Brisbane's looking at it going, we think you will be the best front row in the game in five to six years' time. That's why we don't see a risk in this deal. That's what Kevin Walters said today. And that's where they'll eventually get to, I think, in terms of upgrading pain to get towards a a contract value that really does reflect his status and where he's going to go in the game based on where he already is. So... My question to you then is why, if no one's in a rush, if Payne's not in a rush, his management's not in a rush, the Broncos aren't in a rush, none of us are in a rush to hear about it again, why does it keep coming up? Because as you said, earlier this year, the 10-year deal, Jason Tamalolo 2.0, like why does it keep coming up then if no one's in a rush? Uh, Well, there probably is someone in a rush, but the people that matter aren't which is pain and the Broncos, not necessarily in a rush. Uh, and I expect something will be done in the next couple of months. And the, the thing to it is, so Payne, Payne's original deal was signed when he was 18. And that was a six-year deal that at the time was, I think it was the biggest for a teenager. Uh, but he, the simple fact is he's played above and beyond that now. And so 2021, already there was an upgrade to his, uh, to his payment in that, in that original deal up to around, I understand around $550,000 a year, uh, which is 
great money for an 18, 21-year-old. I'd but take it. Payne Haas is just beyond that. We know you take much, much less than that, Zachary. But, I uh, have to every day. Yeah. We, we both do, yes, absolutely. But, uh, yeah, no, the fact of the matter is Payne is playing, you know, he's the best front row in the game, which market value, you're talking eight to $900,000. Uh, the interesting thing for Brisbane as well, though, is their salary cap has been well-documented, tied themselves in knots with contracts of that nature for Matt Lodge and Tavita Pangai Jr. previously. So, yeah, they're still working out that salary cap and how they can really upgrade Haas, but... Yeah, if you're a Brisbane fan, I wouldn't worry about any sort of friction there in terms of Payne leaving. He wants to wants to play for the club. He sees where they're going under Kevin Walters, but it's a matter of them meeting in the middle. So in summary, Dan, you can tell me that the 10-year deal with Payne Huss is gone for now. There's no chance he's leaving the club, but there should be some good news for Broncos fans in the next couple of months. Yeah, more or less, mate. Yeah, I've... It's no the emphasis I've been I've been I've had put to me is there's no rush to get this one done, but Payne Haas will be looked after, and rightly so because this is the future for Brisbane. Let's move uh, just down the road from the Broncos to the Gold Coast Titans. One thing I've really enjoyed watching this year is the uh, rediscovery of form. I guess for Tyrone Peach, he's had his best. Uh, year in, I guess, a few seasons now. Um, surely the clubs are lining up for someone like Tyrone Peachy, especially given the rule changes in the game. He's that exciting player, can play in a lot of different positions, whether it be in the back row, whether it be in the halves, put him in the centres even. Um, sure, yeah, surely there's a couple of people that want his signature for next year. Yeah, it's an interesting one with Peach. And yeah, I, I agree entirely. He has, he's been thoroughly entertaining and yeah, certainly improved this year under the rule changes as well. I think the surprise is that there aren't that many lining up at the moment because he's going to have to lower his asking price. So Peach, his contract that originally took him up to the Titans, it was a lucrative one, uh, up over $500,000. And so he knows uh, that there'll be a haircut on that, uh, which I think is, you know, to be expected. But uh, I think he's, yeah, the interesting thing is, and it's, it's hard to get a read on this one because I've had some people at rival clubs tell me it's hard to justify the outlay on Peach in terms of him not having a, uh, a set position, which you just outlined. It can be a blessing and a curse there. But uh, in terms of the way the game's going and the way he's performing in it, I'd be very surprised if he can't pick up something. And uh, the other element to it is the Titans haven't ruled out entirely keeping him either. Uh, reported a couple of months ago that there was uh, a look to play him at six uh, alongside a Toby Sexton or a Jamal Fogarty. Uh, we saw that play out uh, last night on Thursday night against the Knights. Just went down. I don't know if that'll you know, progress any further given the strength the Titans have in their halves and their, their spine there, especially with Jaden Campbell developing probably a bit quicker than anyone uh, anticipated. But yeah, in terms of Peach... There's not too many free agents that really catch the eye at the moment left in the 22-player market, but he is he's right up there. So I think we'll see some some things develop with him, for him in the next uh, in the next couple of weeks. So is there any way that he'll leave the NRL at the end of this year and head to the Super League, or you're confident he'll remain in the NRL with a club? So Super League has been floated to him and his management, uh, but both parties, it's from what I can gather, it's something he'd like to do eventually, but he still sees himself having game time in the NRL. Uh, I believe Canberra was one that did look at 
um, Peachy a couple of months ago. And you know, he's got some fans down there in the nation's capital, but their priorities have moved on now to they need a, a top tier halfback. There's not a hell of a lot of hell of a lot of those in the market at the moment. So that's where they'll direct what cap space they have. But at the right price, Peachy can do a job for a number of clubs. So I'd be very surprised if someone doesn't pick him up going forward. Given he is one of the I guess, most talented utilities in the game. If I said to you, Dan, you can have Connor Watson or Tyrone Peachy, who do you take? Oh, on the spot. I like it, though. It's a good question. Uh, Because, I mean, Connor Watson's taken, what, 300 to go back to the Roosters. So if he's on 550 now, is that what a club's going to have to be looking at to outlay for him? Yeah, I'd say that's a a fair-ish. Fair comparison? Not exactly apples and apples, but not too far off either. Maybe just a little bit lower than Connor Watson. Uh, Potentially because of the age there, but yeah, on a two, even a one-year deal, you know, um, I don't think you have to lock anything in long term at the moment. I think that's yeah, that's probably a fair price, and that's probably what Peach will end up going for. But yeah, as to where uh, that one's just a really good question at the moment because there's a few clubs, places like the Tigers, for instance, that could well use him. But yeah, it's one that will develop, I think, uh, as the player market continues to move. One player. Um, that stocks are just going through the roof in 2021. Brandon Smith. Now, he started the year trying to fill the shoes of Cameron Smith. He was the second best hooker at Melbourne behind Harry Grant, who was injured. Basically, everyone was just saying that, oh, he's just keeping the number nine jersey warm for when Harry returns. Well, in the NRL uh, fan poll with the results, 54% of 25,000 votes went to Brandon Smith in the best hooker category overwhelming ahead of Damian Cook, 14%, and Harry Grant, 12%. So I spoke to his coach, Craig Bellamy, a little earlier today. Here's what he had to say about who the best hooker in the game is. Brandon Smith was voted the number one hooker in the game by the fans this week. Do you agree with that status? Oh, it's hard not to. I honestly didn't see a a better dummy half, um, you know, in the early part of the season, you know, through the middle part of the season, you know, when Harry was injured. Yeah, like I say, to me, I, I, I think the fans are right, to be quite honest. So, Dan, Craig Bellamy believes he is the best hooker in the game. You've had Cameron Smith for 15 years as the best hooker in the game. Then you've got Brandon Smith and Harry Grant, two of the best hookers in the game. I don't know what they do down there, but Craig Bellamy is a genius. But at the start of the year, not only was he the second best hooker at Melbourne, he was given permission to talk to other clubs. But surely right now... Brandon Smith, given the rule changes, given his ability to play in the middle at lock or up front or at hooker, he has to be a long-term signing prospect and a focus for the Storm. Oh, absolutely, mate. Yeah, there's certainly something in the water down there, isn't there? Uh, that number nine jumper, it just keeps going. But uh, yeah, and yeah, you, you're right. There is there is certainly moves and talks between Brandon and, and the Storm there. Uh, I believe an offer... If it hasn't been tabled, it's certainly been discussed. We're talking two, three years there. Uh, the real question is just, so the whole thing that drove Brandon to seek permission to go elsewhere was playing uh, playing number nine and earning top number nine money. Now, I think you've got to, if you're Brandon, based on this year and the way it's played out, and the feedback I'm getting is that he is genuinely weighing up those desires with, just how much fun and how much success he's having at Melbourne. And I think that, and that's the the question that any player faces when they're at a successful club, if they can keep going, if they can keep themselves in premiership contention. And like you said, Brandon's establishing himself as 
oh, it's without doubt, he is the best hooker of 2021. Best hooker in the game is, it'll be a year-to-year question now. And yeah, he's putting himself right at the forefront of that. I think he's looking at it now going, I don't need to leave Melbourne. And if it is, if he is to, I think it will be for... Yeah, a team like the Roosters is being mentioned. I think it would be for one of the top tier clubs because otherwise, what, what, why would you leave? Put it that way, I think. And so, yeah, I think the Storm are well and truly in the mix to hang on to him long term, and yeah, somehow just keep this this great thing they've got going. Just yeah. keep it going. And as Billy Ake said today, he basically said, "Look, we'd be going okay regardless of who we started at hooker, and that's the luxury <laughs> of the Storm." But in saying that, in a couple of years, maybe when both, you know, when Brandon Smith comes off contract at the end of next year, if Harry Grant is starting hooker, compete could be a completely different story, or vice versa. If Smith's still starting, Harry Grant might be like, "Well, I'm too good for this. I'm out of here. I want to head back to Queensland." Anyway, it's almost time for you to knock off, so I better wrap this up pretty quickly. But uh, the good news is, Rugby League World Cup won't be happening this year. We knew that, but the dates are set for next year. Put these in your diary. Hopefully, we're all allowed to travel over to the UK by. October 15 next year. It'll run through until November 19. Cannot wait for World Cup Rugby League action in 2022. And just finally, before we wrap things up, I had a chat with Hayden Knowles, the head of performance with the Penrith Panthers this week, and he gave great insight into what it is like in the bubble and the advantage that Penrith might gain in the Premiership push. From living here, living in this place on the Sunshine Coast, I now know what advantages Melbourne had over us last year. Uh, we were in Penrith last year in lockdown. We, we couldn't even allow our players to use a local pool for recovery, as an example. Our guys left their apartments in Penrith, came to training, went home again. Our place already has gotten tighter and tighter with families. So knowing that that's how Melbourne lived last year, um, it was a clear advantage, but now we're, we're even. We're even. So, Dan, he makes a very interesting point there, doesn't he? Now they've lived in this environment for six weeks, there's another six weeks to go. This could actually be the difference between a grand final loss last year against the Storm to a grand final win over potentially the Storm in season 2021. Yeah, mate. Uh, and, Zach, you would have seen it as much as anyone last year as, you know, one of your 17 paychecks comes from Penrith. But uh, in terms yeah, of... In. <laughs> yeah, in terms of being around that group of kids last year, they just seem to love each other's company. You've got Tyro May and Nathan Cleary cutting about on scooters, uh, Luai and, to- oh, you know, running around the boombox. I imagine having that 24-7, they just... It must just feel like a giant school camp for them. And it seems to be getting the best out of them. Manly's another team that seems to be absolutely thriving in it and thriving especially in in their des-free days where they just leave the mad coach to his own and he has to try and uh, engineer. Apparently, he's been riding around cycling on his own to fill in the days because no one talks footy with him. But they all just love that that environment they've got going. So, yeah, I think the thing is, if you're you're a tight-knit team and if you're... I guess winning obviously helps, yeah. In terms of being around each other, it um, it can take them to another level. It, it feels a little bit like an Olympic village at times where they're in each other's pockets and they're thriving off each other's success. Yeah, their focus is narrowed, he said, because it's all on footy, essentially. Their families are there, so they see their families more. They're not travelling hours in the car to potentially get to training. 
they're eating better. There's a lot more fun there. They're bonding in different ways that they haven't before and connecting with other players, you know, senior players with junior players. So it is going to be very intriguing over the next four or five weeks to see who really benefits from it moving forward. Because I wonder, and I said this to Hayden, I said, I wonder whether clubs and teams are going to be affected given right now, six weeks. Yeah. It's okay to be away from your home and whatnot, but another six weeks of it, if you go through to the grand final might start to wane on players, but anyway, we'll wait and see. Um, that story with Hayden Knowles on nrl.com at the moment. And finally, Dan, to wrap things up, Walsh's words of wisdom. What is cooking this week? Yeah, what's the strike rate on this one? I think we're, I might be batting about 60% or so. So, uh, oh, mate, right, that's I'll go being with, generous. I'll, if you're not generous, what are you, honestly? Uh, <laughs> I'll go. It's an obvious one, but uh, it's also a pertinent one, unfortunately, with confirmation uh, a couple of hours ago on Friday, midday-ish, that Adam Dwayne, he'll undergo a full knee reconstruction. Uh, it's a real shame for, for the Tigers. It means they're probably going to be missing him for the best part of three months, three months of game time next year up until you know, potentially round 12-ish. So when you look at the Tigers roster in terms of they're letting go Moses Mboy, Billy Walters is up to Brisbane, they're looking quite thin around, uh, you know, the halves and particularly the five-eighth role. So by my count, you know, they've got Jock Madden there. Um, Dane Laurie can potentially jump into the front line. But, you know, uh, Jackson Hastings, of course, coming back from the UK. But he was originally penciled in for a, uh, a bit of a lock, small forward role. So where I see that one going is the Tigers. They've got money to spend. They've got cap space. I think you'll see them looking for a, if not a backup half, uh, some sort of playmaker in the market across summer because yeah, they're just going to need it for at least the first, at least the start of the next season. Interesting. Watch this space. Potentially by next week, we might have a name or two attached to the West Tigers given every other player that's off contract is linked to the West Tigers and the Bulldogs at the moment. Dan, enjoy. I'm just uh, trying to bump up that strike rate, mate. That's all. Yeah, exactly. And he didn't name a player just to leave it loose. No, well played. No, well no, played. exactly, mate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right, uh, enjoy round 24 action of footy. Stay safe uh, to all of our loyal listeners out there. Thank you for joining us once again. Enjoy the footy this weekend, and we'll be back for more next week.